One of the things I, I noted down, but I couldn't work it in. Um, when, when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala say what Khabab and Hamal Azulma, when those in the hereafter who carry an injustice. Um, they have lost and, and this is why the, the thing that you must shed in your life on this earth injustice is is <laughs> in the same way that Allah promises justice in the hereafter this is because injustice is uh, an anathema to the Lord. It, it, it is the most, among the most reprehensible, and so among the most reprehensible and disliked things. Social, to achieve justice at a social level is one thing. It's core to the message of, of Surah Taha. But at the individual level, shed as much injustice in your lifetime as possible. You cannot shed the injustices you've committed in your lifetime unless you are aware of them. And you are not going to be aware of the injustices that you've committed in your lifetime unless you have moral clarity because your, your ego will always do what Surah Taha exactly told you not to do and that is give you some self-serving, self-righteous discourse as to why you were justified in whatever wrongful wrongdoing you've committed. The only thing that guards you against this is the type of honesty and transparency that allows you to recognize, yes, I have been unjust. And injustice towards others is worse than an injustice towards yourself. Because every injustice towards others is also an injustice towards God and also an injustice towards yourself. But no, not all injustices towards the self is an injustice towards others. So injustice towards others is the worst type of injustice. And The idea of, and that's why I've said this before and I keep saying it, the idea that injustice would be part of the course or the, 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 the way of life among Muslims is, um, and it's, it's not just a blind following of the Qur'an and Sunnah that was going to provide, prevent you from committing injustice. Because injustice, to, to, to fight injustice at a social, at a personal level, you need transparency and piety and self-honesty. At the social level, you need the intellect. And you need accountability. And you need transparency. And you need institutions that allows you to fight injustice. Anyway, so when it comes to among the the um, the passages that um, some worth noting and reflecting on first we're gonna read it in Arabic Say, إِذَا صَرْحَتِ الْفِكْرَةَ وَجَالَتْ فِي أَقْطَارِ الْمَلَكُوتِ وَأَسْرَارِ الْجَبَرُوتِ وَحَتَّحَقَّقَتْ بِعَدَمِ الْإِحَاطَةِ رَجَعَتْ عِشُّ الْعُبُودِيَّةِ وَخَضَعَتْ لِلْحَيِّ الْقَيُّومِ 
وقد خاب وخسر من لم يبلغ إلى هذا المقام حين حمل ظلمة بالميل بميل بالميل إلى بالميل بالشيء من السوى بغلبة الطبع والهوى وأما من نهض إلى مولاه واشتغل بالأعمال التي تقربه إلى حضرته فلا يخاف ظلما ولا هضما فإن الله يرفع العبد على قدر همته وبنعمته على قدر طاعته وبهذا جاء الوحي والتنزيل كما قال الله تعالى إلخ إلخ So what he's saying is إذا صرحت الفكرة وجالت في أقطار الملكوت وأسرار الجبروت that if you truly reflect on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in Surah Taha it becomes aware and he's here referring to, to the idea very close to the, the like what Jafar al-Sadiq uh, says that the soul as it goes into the physicality longs and as it longs it it longs for transcendence it which is its nature but unless it finds the lord that longing becomes as if a curse upon it rather than a blessing for saying that if you if if people think clearly it's as if their thoughts can traverse the universe and can go through all the possibilities and then they rely they, they realize that they are not self-sufficient that the idea in our modern language of the human superman the the, the human uh, the godhead huh the ubermensch the ubermensch are you saying ubermensch yeah, yeah the german yeah because that's the, the 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 sort of the the Ubermensch in German uh, Nietzschean philosophy it is is an absolute fallacy and it's a curse and then it returns with humility to figuring out its position vis-a-vis -vis the Lord and, and how to recognize its need for God without committing injustice. So in other words, achieving justice without with the commitment to God. But that in order for that to occur, human beings have to basically be vigilant in, fi in, in, in fighting al-hawa وغلبت الطبع so that you you are vigilant in fighting whimsicalness and vigilant in fighting weakness and vigilant in literally disproportionality in fighting disproportionality Because otherwise, they fall in the trap of exactly what Surah Taha is warning us about. And that's the phenomena of the Pharaoh. The phenomena of the Pharaoh who dominates everything, preserves an elite that has the status of virtual gods, while the masses are left with nothing but one choice, and that's blind obedience. And if they disobey, they get crushed. As the Pharaoh tells the sorcerers or the magicians, you believed without me giving you permission? 
remarkable. That's why, that's why the Quran inspired a people to build a civilization. Okay. Now I'm done. Alhamdulillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Um, I, I have no words to express how incredible this was. Um, you know, I, I see how hard the, the, the Sheikh prepares, and uh, he always questions, like, whether he did a good job or will do a good job, and usually believes he doesn't do a good job, because after this he'll start thinking about all the different things he could have done or said differently. And I always try to tell him what you did is incredible and amazing. And I hope you will believe that because it really, really was. Um, so alhamdulillah, um, I, first I want to ask, what is the dhikr for oh, the surah? Oh, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, I'm, wait, hold on. It's, it's not, uh, hold on. Uh, okay, go on, I'll, I'll find it. I'll tell you in a second. I'll tell you in a second, because I, I know it. Well, I hope I can exercise moderator. Um, I hate saying moderator privilege. That's not really right. That's not nice. But I hope I can ask a question that really stuck out to me when you said you would cover it if we had time, and I'm hoping that we can cover it which is what is the difference in the Ten Commandments between the Islamic version and the Biblical version? Uh, uh, okay, is that its own halakha? <laughs> uh, okay, postpone that a little bit. Let's, let's see. Okay. Maybe, we'll, uh, okay. Maybe we'll have time. Let's, let's see if there are any easier questions or, or shorter questions. One. I have an easy one. Okay. Where is it? Okay, so oh, the oh, the dick is is um uh one thirty. One three zero. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so the question is um so the dick is um one thirty. So my question kind of goes off your commentary on, well, first of all, thank you again, an incredible halakha. I have a lot of comments and questions, but I'll try to limit this one. Um, so on verse 124, when you're discussing um, those who turn away from the rem remembrance of Allah, and you specifically um, bring up the comment that one cannot pretend to have a good relationship with Allah, for example, they'll say, oh, Allah, I trust you, um, but then their actions and everything they say shows otherwise. Mm -hmm. So, subhanAllah, it's really interesting because today I was, I've, I've met a lot of heritage Muslims like this, and actually today I was talking to a friend of a friend about this who was telling me that, you know, he, he sins, he, you know, he goes out, does whatever, and then he says that he doesn't want to pray because he feels two-faced. So he's able to acknowledge on one hand that he is, you know, committing these sins and, and forgetting to remember Allah. But then on the other hand, he knows that he should be, you know, doing the good and praying. But he says what stops him is the fact that he feels like a hypocrite. So what would you say that this surah and just anything else would say directly to someone like this? Uh, you know, if, if this was my child, I've always told my children that whatever you do, whatever you do, don't give up on prayer because prayer is the umbilical cord that connects you to God. Once you give up on prayer, then uh, but for the grace of God, I mean, unless you're very lucky and God still wants to extend you a, a, a rope 
But at least prayer is is the is the, the possibility that your conscience would come back to life. Um, but you know what I would tell someone like that is, um, you know, if if clearly you're worried about being a hypocrite then you know that there is a God and that you know that you are going to be held to account for what you do. And whatever pleasures you are getting from sinning, is it really worth it? You mean, th think of Think of how all around you people are their their opportunity, their chance runs up. And not just in terms of death, but even in crippling <clears throat> health conditions, even in terms of disasters and it it it's uh, it's it's mind-numbing when when you think that you know I when someone says I'm, I'm just too weak I, I can't, can't resist um, then then it, obviously the look at the process that leads to your weakness look at the company you keep look at the space that you exist in the ways that you fail to protect your space. Change the circumstances of your of your life. Whether, you know, it, no job, no school, no friendship, no whatever material circumstance are, are, are worth the, the, the bill that you're going to have to pay in the year after. Um, but you know, as to the technicality of the, the should they pray, I would say yeah, they they should continue praying. At least there's some chance. But I'm just um, I'm always, uh, you know, because I I've seen, I've I've now been around long enough to see people like that, uh, who've been exactly like that. And then, you know, I've, I've had, I've known people who, uh, I knew a new guy who was exactly like this, precisely like this. And then one night he was coming back after uh, drinking with his friends in a, in a bar and they got into a car accident and he became paralyzed uh, from the waist down. And just, you know, I, remember, I never forget visiting him in the hospital and the tears and the crying and pray for me and ask God to forgive me and if only Allah would give me my... And, and he, I don't, I mean, I've lost contact with him. I, I, the last time I've, I've been in contact with him or he's been in contact with me, he never regained his... Um, you know, when you live long enough and you've experienced stuff, you just, you don't know how to feel about this anymore, except just, uh, I knew another guy, same thing, and uh, uh, driving back um, from somewhere, and he just got in an accident and died. Um, you know, I can just imagine, they say that, he was alive until in the in the ambulance, but died shortly after arriving in the hospital. You know, I could just imagine what his thought process must have been in the ambulance. I knew another guy who was like that and died in one of the planes on 9-11. He was on the plane that um, crashed, that uh, um, was supposed to reach the White House and crashed. He was on that plane. You know, I can imagine what his thought process must have been. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. Human beings are strange.
They're strange. Um, life is so fragile. It, 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 and and all pleasures are so passing. There's, uh, you know, it, all the fun that you have in your 20s or whatnot, it's gone. Nothing remains of it. And um, when you think back, it just, it's also passing. It's nothing. Ready for my question? Oh, about the, you know, <laughs> can I uh, uh, cheat something? Can I see, is this Muhammad Asad? Yeah. Can I? Um, this is only one of three, Taha. Yeah, just uh, shoot, shoot um, I, I want to see if there's a fast way I can do, the, do this. <laughs> shortcut? shortcut? <laughs> <laughs> what is that word we say? That's a good one. Which one? Uh, the jinx? Jinx. Not jinx. Oh. Contact? Contact? Oh my god. <laughs> That's a good one. That game we used to play. <laughs> that we were not itching to play. No, it's okay. I saw We're my wife. We'll contact on it. <laughs> 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 okay. Ask someone else as I'm checking to see if. Alright. Who else has a question, please? Uh, we're going to ask for it. Uh, uh, it's just about the opposites. You mentioned something about Adam, and then something about opposites that I didn't quite catch. You might have to repeat that. Oh, did he hear that? No, oh, um, Rami's asking about the, the concept of opposites, that you said something about Adam. I mean... Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to his question, is it related to um, Satan and Adam being cast onto Earth as as opposites, and then opposites and result. Is it in... related to Satan and Adam being cast onto Earth as opposites? Yeah, the 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 um, the, the, the actually the, one is that. Uh, The, the the way that this, it, it connects is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Adam that Satan is an enemy. But up to that point, Adam has not exercised the power of choice. Once the power of choice was exercised, then you have necessarily delved into the realm of opposites. Because it is, you cannot have light without the absence of light. You cannot have a knowledge without the absence of knowledge. You cannot have anything without the uh, its opposite, which, which is its absence. So, once that realm of choice was invoked, although Adam was forgiven, the nature of life on Earth is the, is a life of choices between something and its uh, and its absence something and its opposite and that's what i the point i was making is that muslim theologians often point that the nature of life on of earth is that you are um when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we've offered human beings the responsibility that, and we found that they were um, is literally like um, they did not have the strength of endurance. The strength of endurance is to 
and in this context, is to accept their position as derivative of divinity without exercising, like basically the, the angels, without exercising the power of choice. Without, in, in a sense, without, uh, um, what is the word, um, uh, uh, ambition. Because the, the tree which they are, was, uh, Satan tempts them with, is the tree of ambition. Mulkun la yafna. Or, you know, that you, if you eat from this tree, you will have unlimited power and sovereignty and so on. And so it, 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 by, their, by their nature, human beings can, can soar to great heights, but can also fall to depths, the unimaginable depths. And it all is contingent on this issue of choice. Now, of course, we can get into a debate whether this is all, you know, whether this whole narrative is metaphorical or not. But the, the point is, is that choice delves in the realm of opposites. That's a nature of, and, and that is critical to moral reflection itself, the, as, a, as a philosophical premises for how you understand what is good and what is not good, husn and kopha, and so on. That's the point. I'm, I, I, I have a vague memory that, that uh, but I'm not sure if I if I'm if, um, wait. Do you, do you remember reading something in in the in Muhammad um, Asad about the Ten Commandments? Uh, he definitely will, because he's often comparing with. But yeah, I, I don't. But I don't mean Taha. But he's not sure if it's in Taha. Does, yeah, he does I'm, reference I'm, the difference. Maybe I'll. I was just trying to cheat and see if he just, you know. Um, but he might not. But anyway, hold on. God does not want you to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> thou shalt not cheat. <laughs> yeah, thou shalt not cheat as well. That means that there was elements of causality in this dimension, like that realm, right? Because in essence, that means then disobedience. Okay. Anyone else have a question in the meantime? I guess a, a follow-up, a brief follow-up, a brief follow-up to the previous discussion is then. If causality plays a role in this story, then um, does it make sense that the necessity of hell came then from Adam's disobedience in a way? And the idea of accountability came from this point. I mean, I don't want, what's uncomfortable about it is it feels very original sinny kind of, but, but at the same time... No, you uh, see, you know, this goes into this whole discussion as to um, whether in whether you know the, 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 the whether Allah from the very beginning knew that that Allah created human Adam and Eve for earth. And uh, whether, you know, option A are those who say that Allah created Adam and Eve for earth, but knew that they had to go through this test and fail, and Allah knew that they were fail. So for those who say, 
and, and I know that this is not very popular in modern Islam, but anyway, um, this whole thing about Adam and Eve, it, it, it and and the 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 being tempted by Satan and all of that, that this is all metaphorical. That it is not um, actual physical. And for the that, that it's all conveyed for to get a, a point to us about our amana that because you know you get into these debates about Allah offering the amana to the heavens and the earth and they refuse to carry it and elsewhere as we will see in the Quran that there are parts of the Quran which basically say that Allah created human beings to be khulafa for Allah, to inherit the earth. Um, some theologians, as a way out, say, well, the Jannah of Adam and Eve was actually on earth. And that is similar to a biblical solution, because a lot of Christian theologians sort of said the same thing. Um, but I, I, that, that I, I, I mean, I, it's easier for me to accept a metaphorical explanation than mm -hmm. to accept the idea that heaven was on earth. Okay. Um, some even go as far as like, like locate where heaven is, was on earth, you know, like in Abyssinia, um, mostly. Um, So it gets us into, you know, whether we don't, I think anyone that speculates as to when precisely Allah created heaven and, and hell, that's exactly speculation. We don't know. Because we don't have any, and we don't really mean, we don't really understand even the nature of heaven and hell. Um, Except that we only experience, I mean, and this is, we, we talk about this trauma in Surah Al-Nambi. We experience reality from the perspective of an ant. Imagine if an ant tried to explain the law from the perspective of an ant in a in an infinitely vast universe, which we experience from this small spot that we call planet Earth. Humility of accepting that what we can explain is rather very limited, i.e. the 5% of material reality that is occupied by material reality. 5% of space that's occupied by material reality and 95%, you know, antimatter, dark matter, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Okay. Go on. I'm, I'm still, I haven't given up yet. Uh, Should we keep asking? Yeah. Or, 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 you know, be egalitarian. Well, okay, uh, I, if it's anywhere... It's okay, Mommy, why don't you Okay, um... Okay, so it's, it's, n it's not... It's not... Uh, it's not... Um, Ahmad, 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 Um, if I get the big version? No, I'm pretty sure it's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to cheat. I'm going to, um, you, you're not going to let this go, so I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to have to give you the, find the answer and give it to you. Do you want Rami to go first? 
Well, I might not be able to find it right now. I might have to come back to it on like another night. You can do it at the reflection session. There are like ten commandments. I mean, it's not that it's just, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, there is actually. I like that. It's like leftovers. Okay, so go on. Go on. Go on. Okay. So, um, when uh, you were discussing the issue of uh, how, you know, the pharaoh uses magic and sihir and... Um, it sparked a lot of uh, thoughts because, I mean, both Sayyidina Musa and the Prophet are accused of sihr, right? And in Surah Al-Muddathir, they, they accuse the Prophet of engaging in sihr. Um, and the idea of sihr as this... Um, as, as an instrument that's used to misrepresent reality mm -hmm. or, or misrepresent the truth, uh, right? Like the Qur'an is the haqq and it's in many senses like the antithesis of what sihr is supposed to be. Um, the, like my, the, the thoughts that I'm having is, is a little bit jumbled. Um, so hopefully it'll become more coherent or you can you can bring some coherence to it but what what I was thinking is like how power tries to use seher and this is like the mystification of power in order to uh, promote itself bolster itself um, and you know enforce itself and then kind of going back to like a lot of what we've discussed throughout the project thus far how shaitan you know very much like in risalat iblis his goal sometimes if it's not to make you commit you know major sins or disbelieve in god it's to make you misrepresent or miss it's to misrepresent the truth to you mm -hmm. right to to occlude things to use smoke and mirrors um and in that way like there is a sense in which individuals can use revelation as a form of sihr. And that's what the fara'ina of today do, essentially. They surround themselves with the priests that are engaging in these misrepresentations and, you know, misrepresenting the Qur'an and using, essentially, as a way to introduce mystification and really turn it into a form of of sihr in a sense yeah i mean it, it, what what's very interesting is that this this is something that even in the islamic civilization i mean it it, it plagued uh the, what were the the amwads when they tried to call themselves Khulafaullah, uh, God's Khalifas. Um, and they, they, they were insisting on the mystification of power and the resistance to the, to the label of Khulafaullah and even resistance to the idea of Khalifa Rasulullah as Khalifa in Tashriya and all the pietistic narratives that the Muslim scholars attributed to Al-Khulafa al-Rashidun because the, 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 the remarkable thing about the, a lot of the narratives around the, the Khulafa al-Rashidun uh, and Omar bin Abdul Aziz as a potential fifth uh, is that power with them 
is very demystified. I mean, if you if you look at all all the narratives, whether they're historical or not, the the point is is that they are leaders of the people, but they're one of the people, and they're all that's always how they they they're narrated is that they are more than willing to just you know eat with the people, sleep with the people, be very humble, no mystifications of. And I think that the, this, the, the construction of that memory, that memory was, was constructed, whether historical or not, as a direct response to the tendency to mystify power. But absolutely, one of the biggest corruptions is then when you use the Islamic revelation to mystify power and to do what we see um, the shiuch. I mean, when 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 the Imam of Al Haramain sits there and then says that under the leadership of Muhammad bin Salman and Trump, um, because he, he, that's what says khutbah, that under the leadership of Muhammad bin Salman and Trump, they are going to lead the world towards. I mean, when you are told that, according to Sharia, even if the ruler fornicates or commits adultery on public TV every day for 20 minutes, you can't object. Um, as another famous Saudi jurist said, um, or where you are told uh, you have no right to question Hayat al-Tarfi or or you know to be the, the what the Azhari sheikhs are doing these days was um, you know it, it, it is haram to to talk about justice to question the the ruler it's haram to say limits on terms it's haram to say why isn't there transparency it's haram to it, 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 that yeah, it, it, they are. They become the magicians of the pharaoh, and the fact that they do it in Islam's name, I think, is a is a bigger sin than the than the than those who did it in the pharaoh's name. Um, and I and from a theological perspective, I. This in the the same promise that Allah gives to Bani Israel, Bani Israel, when Allah warns them that if they don't uphold the covenant, that Allah will repeatedly cause their temple to fall, applies to us. I mean, when you when you you use Islam to perform. The, the theatrics of the Pharaoh. How can anyone say that Allah is going to bless that? How can anyone say that Allah, that Allah is going somehow accept that as? I mean, when theologically, again, when. It, it, you have so many so-called Muslim scholars all over, you know, in Saudi, in Egypt, in, I've heard it now from Saudi, Egypt, Syria, uh, Emirat, um, Libya, some scholars from Libya. I've even heard it, unfortunately, from a scholar from Morocco um, that tell you uh, we it's haram to talk about the genocide against Muslims in China because that should be left to our leaders. And if our leaders tell us there is nothing to object or protest about, then that should be conclusive. That should be the end of it. And people give khutbahs about this. They give khutbahs. I mean, Jum'ah, the entire khutbah is to tell you don't you dare ask questions about what's happening to Muslims in China because our leader said this is legitimate, this is it. 
And lest you think that this is something that just happened overseas, we have this here in the U.S. Same thing. To me, that's a, that, it, the, the, it's a complete negation of the Islamic message. There's nothing left of Islam. The fact that they pray and fast is a technicality. I'm not, I mean, the fact that they pray and fast is a technicality. I don't care if they wear hijab, I don't care if they pray, I don't care if they fast, I don't care. It's, it's a mere, the, the essence, the roh of the deen, the, the, the spirit of the religion has been taken away. What, what's left? Uh, just outer appearances? I'm going to have to look for it because there is a passage I'm looking for that just lays it out really nicely. Okay. We're troublemakers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody? Sure. Um, so just some nice comments. Um, so I wonder if Allah also has this conversation with Musa about his staff as a symbolism too to have Musa acknowledge it as something he leans on, but that Allah asks him to throw it away, almost like a forceful mm -hmm. physical dramatization to affect a realization that with Allah to lean on, there is no actual real need for anything else to rely on. All of those reliances are temporary tools and part of the illusions in our tempor temporal world. Now this is really interesting. I have a th interesting. I have a thought of that, but yeah, that's very interesting. <clears throat> okay, um, Sam, is it also true that Omar ibn al-Khattab converted to Islam after hearing the beginning of this surah? Yes, the the surah, the the narratives about his conversion is that his sister was reading the surah. Her her sister, his sister, and her brother. I mean, and her husband. We're reading Surah Taha. Um, and the, the Arabic is 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 just um, I mean and don't don't ask you know and uh, before you ask an Arab uh, because I've noticed uh, like ask an Arab who actually knows Arabic that reads pre-Islamic poetry and that reads early Islamic poetry and that so they, they can understand the specialness of the language. Um, I, you know, um, I see how Arabs talk to each other nowadays in, on, on social media and it makes me want to throw up. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. They, they speak like the right slang, um, it, it wasn't even this bad when when I was younger. I mean, at least there, like you, you were supposed to write your letters in proper classic. If you like a letter, write a letter to your mother or father. You write in proper classical language, but no longer Arabs now just write slang and and they're they're. I, I mean, it's a different language. It's it's. But yes, it's it just it's so it it's um, the beauty literally hurts. Um, I mean, if once you 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 recognize beauty in language, there's some language that is so beautiful it hurts, and the the beauty of the Quran is like that. Okay, um, an incredible halakha once again. I am overwhelmed with thoughts. Um, okay, enough. Oh, I cannot help but notice that there are two places where the words of blowing away with a blast, nasfan, is repeated twice, 95 and then 107, thinking that Allah does not show repetition of such words without reason. Would you have an idea or opinion about this? Um. Because the way I remember things is to recite them in order, so let me look it up. Um, you said 95? 95 and 107. In 1996. Uh, so, oh, so, walat li nafsi. 
Okay, so كذلك سولتني نفسي ال 107 Oh, hang on. Uh, let me put the phone on. Go ahead, Angel. I think it was 97 or 105. Oh, 97 or 105. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay, so 105. Oh, you said 97? 97 and 105. Um, so and the the from that same word the is derived the word safeha like um stupidity or silliness is when you uh, undo rationality or reason that's the safeha or the word safiya um someone who is um an idiot uh it's someone who has undone their nationality so 97 when Moses says that I will destroy that I will destroy that golden cow before your eyes. The the later reference um in one oh five is about the mountains and the hereafter. And that Allah, what will happen to the mountains? That Allah and Sufuhan Asfa. Because the word Nasf is, it's a, a common, often used, it's like the word Haya or the word um, Zilzal or the, you know, it's an often. Ter common used term in Arabic. I think in, in in each place it has to be taken in context. And in one place Moses is referring to the destruction of the of the the and the second is, is Allah saying referring to the destruction of the mountains. The the only connection that that has that it's clearly there, I think is that the theme of what you think is a lasting, dependable reality and its destructibility. When the, the um, uh, one of the, I don't remember where I read this, but one of the sources that I've read a long time ago was talking about that the reason that Allah consistently refers to how, you know, one part Allah talks about the mountains moving like clouds, another part the talk talks about the mountains becoming like threaded cotton, another part Allah talks about the mountains being blown away, uh, is that Allah is, is saying that the Think about what you consider to be permanent reality. Like those who worship the cow, uh, the golden calf. Um, there is no reason to believe that the earth will cease to be in the hereafter. But what Allah does tell us is that the reality of the earth as you've experienced it, will be transformed. Transformed to what? We don't know. That That's the, the but it's not, I mean, the word nesf is not unusual in Arabic usage. Okay, that was incredible. Thank you very much. I wonder how we should relate to the body given its quote-unquote shadow status. I was very disembodied in my younger days, but now use my physical feelings as a way to understand when I am grounded, when I am comfortable, and I hope and pray when I'm following a light-filled path and when I am not. 
denial of the body feels a bit occidental, like I think, therefore I am. Thinking and ignoring how I feel in my body is really what gets me in trouble. <clears throat> no, you don't. No, no, you don't deny what your body feels. Uh, that that's not the Islamic path. And what Jafar Sadak is not is not Jafar Sadak is explaining the longing of the soul, and the body is not is. I mean, it, I I just picked a, a small passage. Um, the body is is not in itself the shadow. It is how you use the body that could become a shadow or not a shadow. Um, in Islam, if you are at equilibrium with your body, uh, the body will aid the soul rather than fight with the soul, and the soul will aid the body. This is why when you, if you've ever met a Sufi, true Sufi master, you will find that they live extremely healthy lives, that they'll be 80 years old and 90 years old, and they walk around like they're 20 or 30 years old. They live very long lives. They, they're very healthy um, because they've achieved absolute balance and equilibrium between body and mind. One feeds the other. Uh, it's because I'm, I'm a very bad example that my body is not like that uh so don't take me as an example you know t take those who are, are we get lots of messages about people who really are concerned about your diet coke consumption <laughs> so, just to say, yeah, yeah you know, do whatever you want, Sheikh. Mind your business. Let him live. We all need Thank a Thank you, Jenna. <laughs> chug him. Jenna says, chug him. Whatever you know, whatever makes you happy, Sheikh. She's the woman after my heart. <laughs> I have my vices and, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. Uh, um, you try staying up all night without Coke. Uh, just, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I've read... Try staying up all night without Coke. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, Sufi masters know when to close the book and stop reading and go to bed, um, and they also know when to stop buying books so they don't bankrupt the family. Uh, I, I, you know, alhamdulillah, Allah has not given me this wisdom. I don't know how to stop buying books. I don't know when to stop reading and go to bed. And because I don't know when to stop reading and go to bed, I don't know when to stop drinking Coke because it has caffeine. And... You don't like the taste of water. And I don't know what <laughs> happened. You know, maybe my mother dropped me on my head or something, but I don't, I, I can't stand water. I, I am, I'm convinced that water has a taste. And, and my wife has given me all type of bottled water that is very expensive. But the old water tastes horrible. Water tastes horrible. Even so, sparkling with him in the flavor. I've given him everything. Mm -hmm. He likes sparkling. He likes. We've tried flavor. He tried the new flavor with juice. Yeah. And and I'll tell you. And I'll tell you. Uh, Coke Coke tickles the throat. And um, I I love my throat being tickled. You know that soda tickles. That it's so amazing. But but it tastes. It's a taste is horrible. Like a walking miracle. Imagine if the only thing you drank, like. From the time you wake up to the time you go to bed is Diet Coke. Could you, you survive? Drink any water at all? No. Are you gonna start too? So no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that's incredible. <laughs> He's a walking miracle. Wow. Just think about that. <laughs> I mean, I I do I do istighfar night and day, but I'm I'm fully aware that I am a sinner against my body, and I just beg Allah all the time, for 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 long periods every day to forgive me and not have my body testify against me in the hereafter because I wouldn't be able to handle it. 
And I'm very scared of the testimony my body would give against me. And I keep apologizing to my body all the time and saying, please, please don't testify against me, please. You know, I, I am sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so flawed. I am sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have these sessions. You, you know, if if you had, if you were spy, I'm sure like the, the FBI or CIA who probably are have cameras all over the house and spying. They probably think I'm insane because I talk to my body every night and keep crying and saying I'm sorry. And they probably <laughs> say this guy is loony. You know, who's he talking to? But I, yeah, I am talking to my body, guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Allah is most forgiving. Uh, and on that note, um, thank you so much again for an, an incredible session, and we'll see you Tuesday. Inshallah. alaikum. Don't drink coke. <laughs> that was the takeaway. Yes, don't drink coke. Have a good day. <laughs> 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 <laughs>